Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart with the Fantasy Sports News Update. Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid says he is not yet speaking to Ty- star receiver Tyreek Hill since he's been under investigation for alleged battery. The investigation into the alleged battery involving his three-year-old son is still ongoing. The Chiefs coach says he is not yet prepared to be without the all-pro wide receiver, but added they'll make do if Hill's unav- unavailable to play. From the NFL meetings, expanded instant replay and no more blindside blocks. Those are the top rule changes that are going to take effect in 2019. Jordy Nelson, he's calling it a career, a very good one. The wide receiver retiring from the NFL. Nelson spending 10 great years with the Green Bay Packers and one with Oakland. The Raiders did release him on March 14th. He ranks third in Packers history with 550 receptions, fifth with 7,848 yards, and second with 69 touchdowns. Just a month after investing... $50 million in the Alliance Football League. Majority owner Tom Dundon says the startup league is in danger of folding. Dundon says they need the cooperation of the NFL and the NFL Players Association to continue. This is one's a sign of the times. Arizona Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury says he's going to introduce cell phone breaks into his team meetings, something he did at Texas Tech, adding players have no attention spans and they need to... Th- Bad news for the Cleveland Indians. Star shortstop Francisco Lindor sustained an acute ankle sprain while running the bases in a minor league game. The 25-year-old receiver is uh, now hurt and his recovery time is still unknown. Lindor has been rehabbing a calf strain that he suffered back in February. He'll start the season on the injured list. Pete Alonso's strong spring has paid off. The 24-year-old slugger has made the New York Mets opening day roster. Across 22 games in the spring, the first baseman hit 352 with a 1.006 OPS and hitting four home runs to boot. Alonzo is one of the top prospects. The Golden State Warriors suspending Jordan Bell one game for contract detrimental to the team. He's going to miss tonight's game versus the Memphis Grizzlies. We got five games on the NBA board tonight. Golden State is at Memphis, as I mentioned, 219.5 the total. Golden State minus 10.5. Indiana at Oklahoma City, OKC, six-point favorites, 217. Portland, they're laying 7.5 at Chicago, 216.5 is your total. Washington minus two at Phoenix, 230.5. And the Lakers are at Utah, Jazz minus 15, 217 and a half round one of the match play from austin texas and we have some finals in right now tommy fleetwood taking out ben on three and two kyle stanley upsetting louis ustus in three and two bryson dechambeau won his first match over russell knox two and one leishman over afa barnrat two up hoatung lee smoking alex norin five and four tony finau he won over keith mitchell two and one paul casey still on fire one on this weekend and he beat abraham answer five and four francisco molinari one of the favorites destroying kodera of japan five and four ian poulter and a tight one versus Kisner. Poulter wins one up. Charles Howell over Cam Smith one up. One match tied. Brooks Kepka and Englishman Tom Lewis. That is a tie match. Matches in progress right now. We can't get to them all, but the big guys here. Tiger Woods one up on Aaron Wise through nine holes of play. Rory McIlroy, he's one up on Luke List through six holes. And the biggest upset so far on the course, we have Lucas Beauregard from Denmark. Great young player. Two up on American Justin Thomas, one of the favorites in the tournament. They're through nine holes. Four pack in the NHL ice tonight. Toronto minus 150 in Philadelphia. We have a total of seven flat in this one. The Rangers at the Boston. And Bruins, Boston, a monster favorite at 360, total six. Calgary, they're going to be playing Dallas tonight. The Flames minus 55, over, under, set at five and a half. And Vegas, they're laying 25 cents at Colorado, total five and a half. The NCAA Sweet 16 gets going on Thursday, but we have other college games tonight. Here's the sched. Coastal Carolina is at DePaul. DePaul, seven and a half point favorites, 164 and a half. Let's come. They're at NC State. Oh! the Wolfpack laying four and a half 163 and an NIT action 
We have Colorado taking on Texas, the Texas Longhorns. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites in this basketball game. The over-under, it is set at 138-and-a-half. Stay tuned, everybody. It's Wednesday here on Red Heat and Rage, hosted by Gabe Morenci. It's going to be a great day. We have our buddy Gamblu. He drops by. Mark Lawrence will break down the Sweet 16. Wednesdays, hey, most people, it's boring, but here on the show, we have a great time. So stick around, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart, Gabe Morenci, host, Red Heat and Rage, coming up next. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. Game time decisions. Ready Rage Radio has begun. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, now throwing it down. On uh, YouTube as well, I am Gabriel Morenci. You just heard Cam Stewart getting us caught up to date. It's a uh, Wednesday, which means uh, it's a lot of gambling talk on the program today. <laughs> Mark Lawrence joins us as he does every Wednesday. Uh, com joins us every Wednesday as well. Uh, we spoke with uh, former NFL referee uh, Jim Diopolis uh, earlier this morning. Um, he was actually the uh, supervisor of officiating. Uh, for like 11 or 12 years or so in the NFL. So we talked NFL rule changes uh, with uh, Jimmy D. Uh, we'll uh, we'll replay that a little bit uh, later on. A lot of picks. Uh, and, in fact, we've got uh, live golf to keep you uh, up to date with. Uh, the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart has been uh, firing away all day long on the golf. How's it been treating you, Cam? So far, 3-1, and one, Marenzi. Uh, I, I did well. Hoatung Lee. And I'll tell people out there, Gabe, there's something going on with Alex Noren. Used to be one of the players in the world. I think he has an injury, so maybe we can capitalize this on a second-round match. He still gets uh, a lot of uh, favorites' money because, you know, he's done well in majors before. He's a well-known guy on the European tour, but he just played like junk today. Watching all these guys, there's something definitely wrong, and I think he's fade material in this tournament to go home really, really quick. Tiger Woods was out to a good start against Wise, but the Wise man has cut it down to one. Rory McIlroy looks good and uh phil mickelson uh, losing to henrik stents it should be a great day so far i got a couple more guys i need billy horschel to take out spieth horschel was up to spieth battling back but he just put one in the drink so that's good news for me well speaking of battling back we did some battling back uh, last night uh camp five and oh on the board last night three and oh in the nba we hit our college basketball parlay we hit our nhl uh parlay as well it uh, looks like it's a little trickier board uh, tonight than it was uh, last night, but we've talked about it in the past. You know, listen, we had a bad Monday. We come back strong on Tuesday. Yeah. you got to string together a couple of good days in a row, but I already went to the FanDuel Sportsbook, actually, nice. uh, earlier in the day today, and I've already gotten a couple of uh, Sweet 16 parlays uh, in play, Kim. Beautiful, beautiful. No, I can't wait for that tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a huge day, too, Marenzi. We got afternoon baseball. I guess uh, we'll have the, the Daily Roto friends on to help us with the optimizer and help with basketball. We're going to need it come baseball season. A lot of numbers in baseball, and that gets going tomorrow, too. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Sweet 16 and baseball, man. Everything. Golf, this is my favorite time of the year leading up into April. Winter's gone. Spring's here. Lots of betting. Yeah, you know what? I was a little bit surprised to see that uh, FanDuel didn't have the baseball lines up yet. I was actually thinking about oh. uh, thinking about playing something. I've got a parlay here, actually. I'm curious to see curious to see what it pays. Nothing stopping me from playing this uh, with Mr. Green. Um, 
Denver Broncos, <laughs> my favorite team. Yeah. Who's your favorite team? Mo- Atlanta Falcons. What? The, the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons have always been my favorite team. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. The Denver Broncos. <laughs> basically, years ago on The Simpsons, like they had a Super Bowl oh, episode. So good. People are like, how did they get the team? So when they, when they shot the show, they added it, like, you know, like the week of the Super Bowl. And it was great. Like, Mo covered his mouth. They're like, hey, guys, it's the Super Bowl this week. I've always been a fan, and it's so, like, it's so inserted, Mo's voice. Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> great episodes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a parlay that uh, we think that could be in play. We'll take a look at that. And more. Ready for Edge Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Bring it. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, game time decisions, Ready Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, now on uh, YouTube as well. I am uh, Gabriel Moretzi. Let's uh, let's do this thing. Throwing it down in uh, New York, uh, New Jersey. Countdown to the Sweet 16 uh, is on Cam Stewart's uh, in Toronto. Countdown to first pitch is on Toronto Blue Jays, hosting the Detroit Tigers on Thursday afternoon. We've got a full slate of uh, Major League Baseball on Thursday, leading us into... The Sweet 16. Uh, Fortunately, I have read this week's uh, playbook Sweet 16 newsletter um, that's uh, been put together uh, by playbook.com and uh, Mr. Mark Lawrence, who joins us uh, right now. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Happy Sweet 16. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing just terrific, Gabe. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're ready for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games coming up this weekend. I'm ready to go, uh, Mark. I'm ready to go. And you know what? We've been doing pretty well with the Alliance uh, League so far this year as well. Uh, but I don't know if you saw the story that just came over the wire over the last couple hours. The Alliance League could be on its last legs. And you know it's trouble when the guy that's funding the league says, yeah, yeah, we, we, we might be shutting this thing down. The owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, hopefully they're able to get through the damn season. Because, you know, we're already in the week seven now, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but it's tough, man. It's it's tough when you're trying to start a new football league. So we'll keep our eye on that throughout the program. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the alliance can get through. But it's it's been nice to have another uh, football league to bet on this year, Mark. And I know you've been doing very well with it, too. Yeah, I'd be really sad to see them shut this thing down because we've had a blast uh, with our weekly AAF football newsletter. In fact, uh We've gone 16 and 8 on all sides and 5 and 1 on our feature games. We have a real good feel for the league. And uh, to pull the rug out would be really, really upsetting, to say the least, not only to me, but obviously to the players and everybody else involved in the league. I'm still waiting on lines to come out for next week's games, and they're generally out about the time I speak with you guys. And I haven't seen any here yet, and I wonder if it, it plays a little bit into the caution by the oddsmakers of putting lines up in these games with that black cloud hovering overhead. 
I think there is a little bit of a black cloud right now. And I think this is what comes down to as well as uh, Tom Dundon, who became the AAF uh, chairman um, last month. He owns the Carolina Hurricanes. If you remember, he was going to put like $200, $250 million uh, into the league, except that was kind of misrepresented. He was basically going to provide a line of credit on a weekly basis to sort of keep things going. And if you notice, guys, there was a report. It didn't get much attention, but there was a report yesterday or earlier in the week that the NFL is going to um, have a league in China. You know, there's been so much talk about the NFL and the developmental league that there's actually a plan in place that the NFL wants to have a developmental league of American players based in China. And wow. that will be their developmental league. And that would start in a year or two sort of to counter the XFL. And I think as the, the so-called chairman here of the alliance is stating that the NFL doesn't really want anything to do uh, with the AF. Because remember there was the thought, hey, the Alliance League can sort of get practice roster players from NFL rosters? Yeah, correct. Uh, right. That the NFLPA is not interested, that the NFLPA has grave concerns for various reasons, insurance policies, and many other uh, many other situations. And I think Dundon right now in the, the Alliance League, they're realizing the NFL is not going to save us. The NFL is not in on this. Then they're done. And his, ex- his exact quote was, if the players' union is not going to give us any young players – we can't be a developmental league. We're looking at our options, one of which is discontinuing the league. Kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah, you just said we're looking at many different options, but well, no other options matter if that happens. I mean, it's it's really sad to see. And you talk about developmental leagues. Uh, you don't see major league baseball, minor league teams have have uh, teams in Japan or China, Thailand. They're here in the United States and. Uh, for the NFL to put a developmental league in China might be a little bit of a stretch, uh, at least you know the people here. Just my own personal thought. Uh, and then there's also obviously the XFL talk of that coming up next year as well. And if it does happen, it's most likely. I'm sure it would be an odds-on yes bet that they will probably merge with the AAF next year to form this new developmental league if they can iron out something with the National Football League. That's not a bad forecast right there either. Yeah. Um, you know, originally the AAF wanted to be the XFL. That was the plan. Like they, you know, Ebersol went to Vince McMahon and they had a plan to bring back the XFL. After that, after that um, ESPN 30 for 30 piece that, that Ebersol produced. But I guess Vince McMahon basically said, I don't really need you to do the XFL. I could do this on my own. And subsequently, he is doing it on his own. So anyway, so we just wanted to, to throw that out there, keep you guys uh, abreast of the situation as far as the Alliance uh, League is concerned. Uh, but, Mark, um, great job uh, with the newsletter once again uh, this week. And, you know, I'm pretty much in agreement with a lot of, uh, a lot of the numbers, a lot of the data. And uh, we were over at the Sportsbook earlier in the day. We already got uh, some parlays in, so let's jump in right now. Take a look at the first game uh, on the board. Sweet 16 um, set to tip off in a little more than uh, 24 hours. And, you know, we got we knew it was going to be chalky. We knew it was going to be some blue bloods, uh, Mark. But, you know, what this means now is we've got uh, some great matchups on the board, including Florida State and Gonzaga, first, uh, first teams up. 
Yeah, Florida State Gonzaga is a story all into itself. I mean, this you talk about revenge. This is the epitome of revenge. It's not this season. It was from last year at the scene of the crime. Sweet 16 round, Florida State sent Gonzaga packing. Uh, Gonzaga is a big favorite in that basketball game, so you can rest assured the Bulldogs will have this game circled big time in red ink here. Uh, the question here is whether or not Florida State, who is a very athletic football team, they go 10 players deep, very tall team as well. Uh, Leonard Hamilton brings some pretty good numbers. Uh, he's at 6-1 and one to the number as a dog in this NCAA basketball tournament. But my bottom line to me is I think Gonzaga has had this game encircled since the start of this tournament when they found out both teams were here. I'm only going to look at the Zags in this contest. Huge geographical advantage, too, guys, being played in Anaheim. Florida State's got to go cross-country. You know, Gonzaga, Washington State, let's make a trip to the Anaheim Center. You know, go to Anaheim at the Honda Center, Mark. That's big. Revenge, better venue. They could travel easier. It seems like uh, even though Florida State, great win over Murray State, and they have a lot of galvanization doing with one of the players' deaths in the family. But Gonzaga, they have a lot of positive factors in their favor going into this one. Well, that's a great point, Gabe, about the location. It'll certainly serve Gonzaga well, or should at least on paper serve them well. Uh, another factor inside the game is uh, Florida State is, and we outline this in our Sweet 16 guide, they're one of seven teams that are returning to the Sweet 16 that were there last year. And automatically a person might want to uh, dive off the high board to back these teams, but you better check the depth of the water before you jump off the high board backing these teams because they have not fared well. Uh, Sweet 16 teams returning to the Sweet 16, especially as underdogs. They've really, really uh, been very poor play. That would be one Florida State would be a returning Sweet 16 team who is an underdog in this game. Yet at the same point in time, there are numbers. And you look at what I really like, Mark, in in your database in the playbook uh, this week is the coaches' ATS records in the NCAA tournament over the years and by the round. And Mark Few, very impressive, 30 and 19 uh, overall, 21, uh, 27, and one against the spread. But in this spot, Mark, in when we get into the third round, two and five uh, straight up, one five and one against the spread in the third round. Now laying seven and a half, and I think Gonzaga will get revenge. I think that the size, I think this is just a complete Gonzaga team that matches up well. Uh, with Florida State. Florida State's taking advantage of their size against other teams. Gonzaga's an extremely big team. I think Gonzaga, and I like what Cam was talking about, about where they're playing uh, this game. But at the same point in time, I'm a a little weary, uh, Mark, like you said. I'm scared of the water. There's sharks in the water, Mark. I'm very aware of, uh, you know, going into the deep end. (laughs) So I'm very weary of laying the seven and a half points in this game, but I think Gonzaga gets it done. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue our Sweet 16 talk with Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Get the newsletter right now on your mobile device as well. Game time decisions, Randy Grace Radio continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
All right, let's roll. Game time decision. Ready to play your radio fantasy sports. Radio Network, iHeart, now on YouTube. Going it down with Mark Lawrence and Tam Stewart. Uh, talking about uh, Gonzaga and uh, Florida State. So before we get into Tennessee and Purdue, guys, I was just saying, Mark, uh, the number seems to be a pretty accurate one. We had Rob Vino on the show uh, yesterday, who I have a lot of respect for. And Rob said his power rankings have uh, the Zags as seven-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's exactly what they are right now, Mark. Yeah, I think the oddsmakers did a pretty good job with this number here, Gabe, because whenever you have a, a point spread on a game where you can talk and they have to think about making cases for both sides, and you can do just that. I think they put a pretty sharp number on the game. I thought the game was going to come around seven, but you know, given, the, I think, this revenge factor that's involved in the game and the fact that it is the Zags, I think the seven and a half is probably the better number. Toughest game on the board, Mark. Purdue and Tennessee, I don't know. What are we going to do with this game, guys? Mark, I look at the playbook, tight, spread, Tennessee one and a half, tight, uh, Big uh, 146 and a half, the total there. Tennessee, horrible uh, in their second half against Iowa, but they regrouped and got it done. A very talented team that tends to make mistakes. And Purdue, Mark, very impressive so far. They've looked great in both of their games. Crisp shooting, they're hitting their threes, but they're up against some very good athletes. This Purdue-Tennessee game, man, it's a tough one. It's a beauty, uh, Cam, no question. you got uh, five returning starter team in Tennessee and where you would normally look for a coaching advantage, I don't see it with Tennessee here, though. Rick Barnes uh, finds ways to lose games rather than win games. That's the reason he's a vagabond. He's been where as many schools and stops as he's made. We saw a lot of that over the weekend when he blew a 25-point lead, when he forgot what the word timeout meant in the basketball game. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, point. I know they're on a run. Like, just slow. I was thinking the same thing, Mark. Watch him. Like, what's this guy doing? Like, they have all, all the momentum. That's what you do. You call a timeout, regroup, and get back to domination. No, he just let them come back. Very odd. He did. Very you odd. Know, but on the other side, uh, you're talking Matt Painter, who's really struggled uh, against top seeds in this tournament. Uh, one, two, or three seeds. He's lost seven straight games in a row, all seven games. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to that Sweet 16 return ease portion of what we talked about here. In Purdue, as long as they're the dog, would be another dog that's a cold dog in this particular rounder. It, to me, it's one of the toughest games in the card, again, because I can make cases for both sides. And uh, if Purdue is a dog, uh, I'm going to probably end up siding to Tennessee in the game. But the one game, the toughest game of all of the eight games in my mind. You know, guys, I was on the fence uh, with this uh, basketball game for most of the week. I was like, yeah, you know what? I like the over. I think this game is going to get over 146 and a half is a very manageable number. Uh, but I was at the book earlier uh, today, and I decided to pull the trigger on the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, I lean that way. Rocky too. Mountaintop. Uh, <laughs> we went with the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, here, I just think that they're they're a more complete team uh, than Purdue. I think that the size uh, will be a difference. Purdue just live and die by the three uh, so much, and and you know, truth be told, we thought that uh, Purdue were a little bit uh, overrated uh, by the masses coming into this, and this is our opportunity. And you know, it's right here in writing um, in the playbook as far as the database is concerned, uh, Mark. You know, you're playing. You're you're playing against a a a a two seed uh, right now, and Purdue have struggled. They can win a game or two in the tournament, but they've struggled over the years. Well, when they get this far in the dance, Mark. 
they have. You know, uh, you know, one other side of this equation is the fact that the Big Ten has kind of really dominated the SEC in the in the postseason uh, Sweet 16, or I should say the NCAA tournament. Uh, so, you know, it ends up, again, being another game where you can make cases for both of these teams in this contest here. But I'm also a big, big, huge uh, follower of five returning starter teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, there were ten of them that we had, the most I've ever seen coming into this tournament here. And uh, not a lot of them, only Tennessee survived to make it to the Sweet 16 round this year. So uh, if you like five returning starter teams, you want to jump on the Vols bandwagon. Mark Lawrence uh, with us, uh, playbook.com, uh, which uh, leads us into my Michigan Wolverines oh, taking on the uh, what a game. Texas Tech. What a game. Red Raiders. <laughs> yeah, get your, get your you shoulder pads out because this one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Boxing. This fight. is the shoulder this is gonna be pads. Rough game. And, uh, <laughs> someone's going to bleed. There's going to be some bloody nose tomorrow, Mark, at some point in this game. Like somebody's getting an elbow. There's going to be some contact. Points aren't going to be easy to come by in this basketball game. You know, you, you look at Texas Tech, they're a very tricky team. And, you know, before the tournament started, guys, I, I said, as far as futures are concerned, that I like both Michigan and Texas Tech. And I said, yes, they're going to play each other. But remember, Cam, I said, yeah, they play each other, but automatically the winner of Texas Tech and Michigan are one win away from, uh, from the Final Four. And here we are right now. They're going to be one win away from the Final Four, the winner of this basketball game. But, Mark, you know, you look at Texas Tech, they sort of play a unique style of basketball in the Big 12 that I think Michigan have seen before in the Big 10 before. And I really like Beeline's pedigree. I like Michigan's pedigree. Um, I like uh, Beeline and his ability to, to win tournament games and break down other teams in, in a short period of time, Mark. Um, man, this you know, it beards the man. Texas Tech, really, really good basketball team. But when push comes to shove, I think uh, Michigan's pedigree gets them through, Mark. This is another real, real good matchup here, Gabe. And I'm with you. I think Michigan's pedigree ends up winning out in the game. Uh, you look at what Texas Tech's body of work has been this year. They beat 14 of the 15 non-conference opponents that they played this season here. But they also happen to be another one of the seven Sweet 16 returning dogs coming in. And that's not a good role, a particularly good role for these two teams. They almost mirror one another with what they've done in this tournament here. Uh, if you take a look, tennis, or Texas Tech has scored 150 points and given up 115 on the other side. You're talking Michigan scored 138 points, given up 104. They both have wins and covers in their first two basketball games. But, you know, I think the experience will go a long, long way here. And the experience card being John Beeline's here, that's the card I'll play in the game. Well, uh, Mark, I got one horse in the race. I know Marenzi has a couple. I'm all Virginia at the start of the year. That was my team with the, that I put the futures on. And now you got to like the path that these guys have there. They're getting an Oregon team. Everyone's ripping the Pac-12. Oregon gets it done versus UC Irvine, you know. And one of these uh, co conference teams that actually finally playing up to their potential at the start of the year, they were supposed to be one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Now they're playing that way. And Virginia, they've been such a disappointment. People call them gaggers. But this path mark, a little bit easier this time, and I'm sure glad out of the games, Virginia's breathing a sigh of relief to get Oregon instead of the other matchups that look really, really tough. I think they, if Virginia hits their shots and play lockdown D, they can uh, cover the 8.5 and, and win by double digits. 
Well, what's that saying, Kim, that uh, sometimes you, you don't want to uh, get what you wished for, and you're taking on an Oregon team that's won and covered nine straight games in a row, the hottest team in Ooh. the tournament, coming into this game here uh, on a real, real roll are the Ducks in this contest here, but they're also a double-digit seed here, and double-digit seeds have really, really been horrible in the Sweet 16 round when facing number one seeds. They're 1-27 straight up. So you don't figure Oregon to continue their winning ways in this basketball game. Uh, but I'm with you, Cam. I like Virginia in this contest here. I think their defense can stifle Oregon in this game here. I'm going to lean to Virginia in the contest for the side. I've got a future ticket on the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, Mark. I got it at 14-1. Uh, to 1. And, um, you know, right now it's, it's plus 550. They get the Auburn Tigers. Um, in this basketball game. Now, this uh, it's, it's, this is going to be a fun game. This this is one of the funner games on the board. Bruce Pearl was joking that, hey, take the over, because I think both teams are going to run in this game, but the total's gotten really high. It's up to like 165 uh, right now. But I'm looking at the database, and holy crap, the SEC versus the ACC in the NCAA tournament, 23-11-1 ATS since 1991 in addition. SEC tournament champions are 15 and 2, 13 and 4 against the spread in the Sweet 16, going back to 1992. And I don't like those North Carolina defensive numbers that I'm seeing here either, uh, Mark. But conversely, it's not like Auburn is Mean Joe Green and the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, steel curtain here defensively. Um, you know, is our Auburn three ball? Are they going to fall? I like the fact, you know, North Carolina is a very good rebounding team. A lot of tall dudes on the team. They're a well-coached team. It's going to be a fun basketball game. I think North Carolina can survive, but, you know, I'm not in a hurry to be laying points here. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a shootout, probably the highest scoring game on the card we're going to see because of the two mediocre defenses, as you mentioned, Gabe. And, uh, you know, I I come from the school that uh, I like conference champions that are dogs to non-champions that being or, or that being Auburn in this particular basketball game and those numbers you mentioned are pretty pretty strong to the SEC uh, with their numbers that they bring into this game here uh, but it's all going to come down to the three-point shot Auburn lives and dies by that three-point shot they just cream Tennessee in the in the uh, SEC championship game because they were draining threes. If they drain threes here, it doesn't matter what North Carolina brings to the game. It won't matter. If they don't hit them, it could be a route for North Carolina. It's a tough basketball game, but I have to take the points with that SEC champion dog in this contest. Well, Mark, uh, LSU and Michigan State, man, this is an interesting one, too. These teams, uh, Gabe, I think this one's going to get a little bit ugly, too. They have some Another styles where we can see camp. some blood. Blood, yeah, blood and bruises, and uh, I like I like LSU. I like I like those angles, marks of teams playing with chips on their shoulders, kind of like Florida State going in LSU with the coach Wade, and now they're rallying around, you know, the current coach, the team, and they're a very good basketball team. And Michigan State doesn't really play the style to you know blow you out. I think this is a good a good matchup of similar styles. So when we look at that, Mark, I tend to lean to the points with the LSU Tigers. What do you think? Well, I'm the big dog guy, but I'm going to look the other way in this game, Cam, here. I see LSU reeling with three point spread losses, teetering. I think they get blown out by Michigan State, who, again, like I'm going to say, was my choice to cut down the nets. I'm on Tom Izzo in this game. Wow. Smarty, Marshall State, and Tom, Tom Izzo, says Mark Lord. 
All right, hang in here, Mark. We'll take a quick break, and we'll get you out of here quickly on the other side here. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. With all 30 Major League Baseball teams playing tomorrow, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. They're looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings and FanDuel and not using DailyRoto.com to set your lineups, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a special discount. You'll get lineup alerts, weather updates, fancy projections, and the use of amazing optimizers that has really produced many, many people winning millions of dollars. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, Gabe. As Major League Baseball is back, and we'll get to that with Mark Lawrence before we let him go, but we're in conversation with Mark Lawrence, playbook.com, and we were talking about uh, the Sweet 16 and how intriguing, man. We got some great matchups, some real tough ones. And as you stated, Mark, you know, pretty much the, the majority, all, all these games, I think you can make a legitimate argument for either team, even though uh, the favorites have been winning uh, straight, uh, outright all the way through. But let's get to a game that really is one of the trickier ones, too, along with the Purdue and the Tennessee game, that Kentucky and Houston game. And I remember talking last week with you, Mark, and we were talking about which teams just barely made the cut of meeting all the requisites that you need to win the national championship. And you said, Gabe, I came real close, but the Houston Cougars were the team that just missed the cut. But uh, doesn't mean they can't beat Kentucky. And I think they match up well with Kentucky. Kentucky shooting concerns me a little bit. Um, Houston and Samson, they have experience. They've been there. They have the heartbreak of last year playing against uh, Michigan and losing. Um, on that Hail Mary. What, what's your take on this uh, this Houston game? I'm starting to lead with the Houston Cougars here. Well, as you mentioned, Gabe, Houston came this close to making the cut on our Elite Eight elements. The only one they missed was the strength of schedule by a smidgen, and that's largely because of the playing in the AAC as opposed to the SEC where Kentucky resides. You go up against those teams, your strength of schedule's uh, obviously going to be stronger than that of the Houston Cougars. But the bottom line is Houston – 30-3 and three on the season here. This team is on a real major winning run here right now. And uh, I bought a future on them at 70-1. to one. And uh, my question is, do nice. I hedge it out this week or wait? And I'm going to wait because I think they can take wait. Kentucky out in this yes. game. Yes. Uh, it's this, a huge call, Mark. Pick. What yeah. a great pick. 70-1 <laughs> to one you got Houston at. Good for you. Marenzi, that's a future, buddy. That's solid. Wow. Well, it was it was looking good last year with Cincinnati at at, at I believe eighty to one when they bowed out in the Sweet Sixteen round and lost a game that they shouldn't have. But you know the bottom line is they still have to find a way to win the game. And uh, if there's one thing John Calipari does not do well in the big dance, when he's a small favorite against teams that are coming off back to back wins and covers, he's been in six of those games. He's only won the money one time. And I look at Houston and what they bring to the table in this contest here. It's a smoking hot defense. They got an offense to go with a really good defense that's allowed only 114 points in the tournament here. 
Kentucky's only allowed 100, so I think this will be a great defensive basketball game here. I think Houston Cougars' chances to win in advance. And as a reminder, Mark, and for people not to always overreact by what you saw in a conference championship game, as look, Cincinnati exploded, great performance, throttled the Houston Cougars in the uh, in the conference championship game. Cincinnati's flat uh, the following week, and here the Houston Cougars are into the Sweet 16 uh, right now. So what happened in your last conference tournament game isn't always a true indication of, uh, of what's going to happen um, in the tournament. All right, Mark, so before we get you out of here, and once again, congratulations on another job well done this week uh, with the newsletter. And, and to break down a wealth of information across the board, um, next week we'll hit on the NIT a little bit. I'm thinking about going to the NIT final next Thursday night at Madison Square Garden. But uh, Major League Baseball uh, set to begin, uh, Mark, in less than 24 hours. What advice uh, do you have or what uh, any early season tips? What do you look for, uh, Mark, uh, when it comes to um, April showers and baseball betting? Well, if you don't want to head to the showers, you got to be real conservative betting baseball in April. And one of the <laughs> things that I do, Gabe, is uh, I gauge pitchers' uh, whip, their whip performance and their walk-to-strikeout ratios in spring training. And when those that have command or were in full command in spring generally carry that forward in the month of April. So there's some good spots and good uh, pitchers here. Uh, one guy I'm going to leave a note with here is going to be a big dog in probably most of his games in the month of April because of the team that he plays with. I'm talking about Ivan Nova from the Chicago White Sox, who was just spot on. No walks, 15 strikeouts this spring with a 0.95 earner on average. So keep him on your list here. And also one other quick note, the Cleveland Indians, three starters, uh, Shane Bieber, uh, Trevor Bauer and Carrasco all were just unbelievable walk-to-strikeout form. So keep it in the Tribe early on. I think the Tribe could get out to a good start this year as well. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Excellent insight as always, Mark. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We encourage people, if you want uh, some great information, guys, on on uh, on basketball, on, on the Alliance League, uh, the NBA, college basketball, uh, Major League Baseball, check out uh, Mark Lawrence's Coffee Club. You can get it uh, delivered to your to your inbox on, on a daily basis or the Playbook newsletter. Thanks for the time, Mark. Great stuff. Hey, my pleasure, guys. As always, can be well and enjoy the games. You too, Mark. Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, with us. Good stuff uh, with Mark Lawrence. Interesting that he talks about, uh, about uh, Ivan Nova uh, here. To start the season, and I see we've got some baseball uh, numbers up on the board right now online. Uh, Cam, the New York Yankees minus 390 tomorrow afternoon against the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. I knew they were going to be big favorites, but I didn't. I didn't realize it would be minus 390. Yeah, the thing is, though, I, I you, you can't you can't bet on Baltimore. Even even with like I look at the lineup, sometimes Tanaka gets lit up, right, Gabe? But I just don't try the, the Yankees. A perfect way to attack this game would almost be we want Baltimore to score to get like a two or three nothing lead against the Yankees early, and I'm going to lie bet the Yankees so I don't have to pay 390 because I believe they can come back. And once that game, if they get the lead by the fifth or sixth inning, lights out. Baltimore won't get to their closers. They have the best rotation at the tail end there, and they'll be able. But I, I haven't seen a, a total this low game. What's Baltimore? 59 and a half wins. Like it's pathetic. Like it's basically a minor league team out there. Kashner, meh. 
Yeah, I, I would. The line is high, though. I probably would have made that line about three fifty, but that's how much the 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 books know how to fade the Orioles. They're horrible. Well, this is an early number right now, Cam. I bet you it's like minus four twenty tomorrow. Oh, I it'll, know. it'll get to four hundred. It'll it'll, it'll, it'll it'll get to four hundred before before first pitch here. And look, even if you want to lay a run and a half with the New York Yankees, Tanaka uh, versus Kashner, even if you want to lay a run and a half with the Bronx Bombers. You're still laying 75 cents. Minus 175, Baltimore, plus a run and a half, plus 155. Total at nine. Um, total at nine is in- interesting. I'll tell you what, though, Cam. Um, pretty uh, pretty cool weather here, actually. It's going to be pretty cool in the Bronx. So it's not like, you know, I love that time of the year, you know, when it starts to get real humid and hot and stuff. The ball starts to really fly out of the parks. It's going to be a little, little cold on the East Coast, I think, in some of these spots. I was thinking, Cam, about a carryover parlay here. Um, how about the New York Yankees tomorrow afternoon and the Boston Bruins tonight? <laughs> the Boston wow, Bruins Wow, you're really tonight. thinking. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Am I doing a show with Paul Patience all of a sudden? When the hell are you going to wait 24 hours to make a bet? You, you had some uh, revelations yeah, during your, your sleep P. cycles last night. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what happened to GM? You know, you're, you know, you're pee-pee. Paul Patience, I, I've never seen you wait that much for a, a future, let alone a, a 24 hours, I like but that. I like it, Marenzi. Boston ain't losing I like tonight. that that long. It. You're like, I've never seen you wait this long. <laughs> I got a night game and then an afternoon game the next day. So you're right. <laughs> exactly. But, well, it's still, it's still, it's, you still got to wait till the next day. <laughs> it is, you're right. right. It is. <laughs> you know, the problem is it's only, it only pays uh, minus 166. I was hoping it would be a little bit better than that, but what do you think? Yeah. The Bruins tonight, Bruins should beat the Rangers. Oh, yeah, the Bruins are – listen, man, you saw that game. Boston was beating Tampa Bay 4-2. to Gabe, in, in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay just turned on a light, and they ended up winning that game 5-4. to He did that one. But Boston, you can make an argument, man. Like, if anybody can beat Tampa Bay, it will be the Bruins. That's how good Boston is. Like, they're one of those teams, they don't get the respect they should deserve, but they're good. Yeah, say if they want to beat the Rangers, they can name their number. They can win this game by three, four goals easily. So, yeah, if you, if you show the patience there, PP, then, uh, yeah, do it. But, uh, yeah, I wish you got a little bit better of a number, too. Interesting baseball games tomorrow, Marenzi. I'm I'm looking at, uh, you know, basically the the Phillies versus Atlanta. uh, Tehran, I I don't want to lay 200. I might put that in a parlay. But dogs I'm looking at, it's you don't want to go against Max Scherzer very often. But DeGrom, after getting that contract, you know what? I might have a sprinkle on the Mets as a pooch. I think St. Louis is very dangerous with Mikolas. He's a very, very good pitcher. Justine from Milwaukee, that should be an interesting game. And I don't say this very often. The Blue Jays are going to have a bad year, but the Detroit Tigers are worse. Stroman, I think, wants to get off to a good start after the bad PR, and you only have to lay 45 cents there against Detroit. I can't I can't argue with the Blue Jays' pick. Um, it's interesting. We'll get into this a little bit later on, but uh, Bryce Harper was voted the most overrated player by his peers coming into the year. Awesome. Uh, this year. Awesome. The second, you know who was number two? Marcus Stroman. Stroman. Yep, that makes sense. Marcus Stroman well, they was both? voted the second most overrated player by other Major League Baseball players. And if you think about it, you know, and Harper, I don't really get it with the Harper overrated stuff. I talked about it this morning a bit. I think you could say Harper is unlikable. Like, I think other yes. players in the league should just say, yeah, I don't like that guy. And you, no one likes exactly. him, really. He's not a popular guy in the league. But to say he's overrated, he's not really overrated. He delivers. Like, was he is he worth all this money? And did every team want him? No. 
because they don't like his personality some teams. But it's hard to say he's overrated, right? I mean, he is so good, Cam. I mean, look at the numbers Harper yeah, puts it, up. Like, Strowman talks it, and talks and talks and talks. That's what I'm talking never about. never accomplished what is, anything. He should what, shut what up. Stro- yeah. Yes. Marcus Strowman, all he does is bitch. I know some Jay fans like him. I, I think he should just relax. Like, he needs just to pitch and stop getting like crazy. More Jay fans I, don't like him. Uh, it's weird. A lot Blue of Jay, Jay fans, fans are, are weird. Up and he thinks he talks too much. Yeah, he does talk too much. It's time for him to pitch. It's kind of like Bautista, right? Like, Bautista is one of those guys, like, Jay fans will defend him, like, like till the end, even when he does dumb stuff, because a lot of the times I think they're delusional. But you're right, Gabe. He hasn't done anything. Um, also, he has a tendency to get rocked. He needs a real bounce-back season. People worry about his stature and the way he throws. Uh, kind of like Roy Oswalt, like a, a fireballer that's not going to last forever, right? But we'll see, man, this it's it's put up or shut up time for Stroman, and people are getting sick of his ass for Harper. That with that park in Philadelphia, I think his home run over under totals too low, thirty-eight and a half. Uh, this guy can hit. Uh, and a half. I think he's going to have. Yeah, sorry, thirty-three and a half. Oh, yeah, thank you. It's thirty-three and a half. I think he can hit forty plus. I think I'm going to make that bet. I don't have enough money to, you know, drop $200 on every future, but uh, that's one of the best ones, I think. He's definitely hitting more than 33 home runs in that bandbox. If he, if he stays healthy. Um, yeah, yeah, 33 and a half is a little low. So we talked about uh, yesterday. But with that being stated, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies, everybody's all over these guys. Big favorites uh, tomorrow. I think the Braves are worth a look in this spot. It's ballsy. It's contrarian. Everybody's going to be on the Philadelphia Phillies tomorrow, guys. Ooh, the Phillies, this, Bryce Harper, that. They're at home. Uh, Aaron Ola's on the hill. Still, I'm getting Julio Turan on the hill for the Atlanta Braves. I'm getting an upstart Braves uh, baseball team with a strong lineup, one through uh, one through eight. I'm getting the Braves at plus 170. I think the Braves, uh, in baseball, you have to have a leap of faith sometimes, guys, and take, uh, take the underdogs. And also... If if you want to if you if you're a real gambler and uh, you're at home like or you're in front of a computer you're at work you have access to a computer and you can track the games there's a lot of money to be made with leaps of faith taking underdogs guys so a good example is take the Braves before the game tomorrow plus 170 let's say the Braves get out to a two three nothing lead suddenly you get the Phillies at plus 170 exactly next thing you know, you've got an automatic winner you move on to the next game. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Continues. Taking a look at uh, the opening numbers, Major League Baseball. We mentioned New York Yankees minus 390 against uh, the Baltimore Orioles, Kashner versus Tanaka. Uh, we talked a little uh, Major League Baseball win totals earlier in the day. I do think the Yankees, they should go over their number, except 96.5 is a steep number to bet a uh, total. I do like the Red Sox better at 94.5. It's, it's a big difference. Uh, you know, getting a 95 as opposed to having to get to 97. And quite frankly, I think the Boston Red Sox are better 
uh, than the New York Yankees. And, you know, last year the Red Sox won 108 games, guys. Their, their total is 94 and a half this year. Like, are the Red Sox going to be 14 games worse this year? I don't think so. Like one thing, one issue that I have, one issue that I have, Gabe, their bullpen, man. Uh, you know, with the loss of Kimbrel, they have some like it's it's a patchwork uh, it's a patchwork bullpen. They're gonna have to go out and get a move later on. It might be it might not not hurt them early because of the division that they play in. They should be able to take care of their business against every team but the Yankees. But it's something they're gonna need to address if they want to be a contender again, which they probably will. That's the advantage I have with the Yankees. Even with the starting pitchers hurt for the Yankees, I love I, I, that game after five innings when you roll out Britain and the rest of that crew. It's almost impossible. To, impossible to beat these guys late so important and we're going to see gabe baseball starts tomorrow and we're already i can already see us going wild about some team that we're going to have blowing like a four-run lead in the first day of baseball welcome to closers baby i get it that kimbrough's not on the boston red sox anymore but you know that's like being concerned that um you know phil phil mickelson's um house isn't worth as much money because the grass is a little long uh, on the yard it'll be fine <laughs> you know what i mean like, I think I, I can't hire something. I think that, hire hire yeah, Mr. Yeah, the like, weed man. Come on, trim yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we, weed man, weed, weed man. man. I think the uh, the Red Sox should be fine. I hear this every year, but the Red Order oh, bullpen or bullpen. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Right, I'm not concerned about it. Red Sox, whatever. Do they play? They play the Baltimore Orioles 19 times. I've already done the maps. I figured it out. They play them 19 times. They go 15 and four against them. They just need to go like 80 and 67 against everybody else after that. Red Sox go over 94 and a half. Game time decisions continues. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening got your news. Hey everybody, I'm Cam Stewart with a fantasy sports news update. Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid says he's yet to speak to receiver Tyree Hill since the investigation for alleged battery has taken place. The investigation into the alleged battery involving Hill's three-year-old son is still ongoing. Chiefs coach Andy Reid said he's not yet preparing to be without the all-pro receiver, but added if uh, Hill's not ready to go, they'll be fine. NFL meetings expanded instant replay and no more line time blocks the top rule changes that are going to take effect in 2019. Uh, a sad day for uh, Green Bay Packers fans. One of their best, Jordy Nelson, calling it a career today. The wide receiver retiring from the NFL. He spent 10 seasons with Green Bay, one with Oakland last season as the Raiders released him this month, March 14th. Nelson ranking third in Packers history with 500 rece- 550 receptions. Fifth with 7,848 yards and second with an impressive 69 touchdowns. Just a month after investing $250 million in the Alliance Football League, majority owner Tom Dundon says a startup league is now in danger of folding. Dundon says they need the cooperation of the NFL and its Players Association to continue. We'll keep on following this story. 
Arizona coach Cliff Kingsbury said he's going to introduce cell phone breaks into his team meetings. Are you kidding me? Something that he did at Texas Tech. He says players today, no attention spans, and they need breaks to check their phone and social media. Wow, what's this world coming to? Lots of matches in progress at the WGC Dell match play in Austin. We got an upset brewing game, and it's ruining my five-game parlay. Everything else is in, but Justin Thomas getting smoked by a Dane. Lucas Beauregard of Denmark, a very good young player, four up on dust, uh, Justin Thomas through 13. Tiger Woods in a real battle with Aaron Wise. They're all square through 12. Rory McIlroy, three up on Luke List. Here are some finals just in. Gary Woodland, our guy, gave this morning. We talked about Gary Woodland. He took down Eddie Pepperell, two up. Billy Horschel and Jordan Speed tied. That's a push. Torbjorn Olison upsetting Webb Simpson, three and two. Tommy Fleetwood over Ben On. Kyle Stanley beat Louis Oosthuizen. By, uh, Bryson DeChambeau taking out Russell Knox. Mark Leishman over Kiradash Afa Barnrat. Hoatung smoked uh, Alex Doran like a crack pipe, five and four. Tony Finau over Keith Mitchell, two and one. Paul Casey won last week, still on fire, beating Abraham Anser, five and four. Francisco Molinari, he was a winner today. And Ian Poulter beat Kevin Kisner. Charles Howell over Cam Smith. And Kevin Na took out defending champion Bubba Watson, one up. Brooks Kepka tying Englishman Tom Lewis. Lots of matches still out there when these are final. I'll give you the updates when they're when the matches are completed. Bad news for the Cleveland Indians star shortstop Francisco Lindor sustained an acute ankle sprain while running the bases in a minor league game. The 25-year-old, uh, yeah, his timetable for return is still unknown. He's been rehabbing a calf strain that he suffered in late February. Lindor's going to start the season on Cleveland's injured list. Pete Alonso, strong showing. It paid off. He gets, he gets it done. The 24-year-old slugger making the Mets opening roster. Very, very impressive swing. He uh, spring. He's hit 352, an OPS over one, and he hit four, hums, four home runs as well. He's one of Baseball America's top prospects. The Golden State Warriors suspending Jordan Bell one game for conduct detrimental to the team. He's going to miss tonight's game versus Memphis. We got a five-pack on the NBA board tonight. Golden State minus 10.5 at Memphis, 219. Indiana and Oklahoma City, OKC minus 6, 217.5. Portland laying 7.5 against Chicago, 216.5. Washington, two-point favorites at Phoenix, 230 and a half, and the Lakers at Utah. Jazz minus 15 favorites, 217 and a half. Four pack on the NHL ice tonight. Toronto, they're a 50 cent favorite in Philadelphia. Gabe talked about it. Part one of the two game parlay. The Bruins minus 360 against the Rangers tonight. They should be able to get it done at home. Total six. Calgary playing uh, host to Dallas. The Stars are playing very good hockey right now. Flames now laying only 45 cents. Total under, uh, over under in that game is 55 and a half. And Vegas laying 25 cents at Colorado. Total five and a half. NC Sweet 16 going Thursday. Here's tonight's sked in college basketball. Coastal Carolina at DePaul. DePaul minus seven and a half, 164 and a half. Lipscomb, they're at NC State to take on the Wolfpack. NC State, four and a half point favorites, 163. And in NIT action, Colorado at Texas. The Longhorns are five and a half point favorites, 138.5 is your total in that game. We got the NCAA coming up tomorrow. Duke still the favorite to win it all, but hey, Gonzaga 4-1, Virginia plus 450, UNC plus 550. I'm Cam Stewart, everybody. Stick around. We got more Red Heat and Rage Radio. Our good buddy Gamblue will drop by. We'll talk a little MMA, some hockey, some future bets as well, and see what Gamblue's up to. I know he's a big fan going to Arizona Diamondback baseball games. Maybe he's uh, going to be catching some games soon too, but stick around, everybody. It's I'm Cam Stewart. This is Red Heat and Rage Radio coming up now. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. 
Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. We're into level two. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage, our radio. Fantasy Sports, our radio network. I'm seeing a story here. Um, you know um, you know who uh, Harry Kane is, Ken? Harry, yeah, Harry soccer Kane. player. Yes. Yeah, Harry Tottenham Kane. Hotspurs. Yeah. Correct. One of England's he won- best. He's- yeah, he is. He's one of the best players in the world, actually. And um, uh, he makes a ton of money, but uh, he-, he wants to play in the NFL, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Good, Good luck. Yeah, Kane's rise has been uh, pretty dramatic. All right. Uh, now he's a two-time Premier League top scorer, England's captain, and a member of the British Empire, as ordained by the Queen. He's hmm. rated uh, if, like, um, like if, if he's going to transfer to another team, like if you want to come and, you know, you're like to, you tell Tottenham. Transfer listen, fees. Big Transfer money. fee. $175 million. A lot of bread. Yeah, $175 million. There's talk about, like, Real Madrid and, like, um, you know, some some of the uh, the teams in in the uh, Spanish Liga. Um, Yet he wants to be a field goal kicker in in the NFL. Yet not now. that's cool. Not now. He says in 10 years he's going to come to the NFL, which, I don't know, like – might be it's quite a long time away to see this story about how he wants to come to the NFL, but I guess he's already working on his game and he's going to be a field goal kicker. Like they're saying, like, like he can, he he can already kick ball. field goals. Yeah, and he's one of the best soccer players in the world. Like they're saying, like there's, you know, they're, they're, I'm reading like there's a big piece on him. They're like the guy can put a ball anywhere. It doesn't matter what kind of ball it is. They're like he can drop a ball like 60 yards, like on a dime type thing. Sort of like the Bendit, like Beckham. You know what I mean? Like. He can put a ball anywhere, so he's like, yeah, I'm really into the NFL. I watch the NFL all the time, and he goes, I don't still want to play in the NFL. He goes, I think I could be the best field goal kicker in the history of the NFL. <laughs> wow, I love this. I, I love his brash, brashness and confidence, and the thing is, Marenzi, I thought about the 10 years, and I was kind of thinking, that's stupid, but then think about it. Matt Bryant, there's a lot of older kickers in the league. When Gary Anderson was there, like, that's the thing, and this guy plays soccer, right? So, you know what? Maybe he can wait that time, and he'll still have that golden leg. We'll see. It's a long time to wait. Uh, yeah. Well, he's still young, right? He's still young. So he's because yeah. I'm like, yeah, there's no way in hell this guy's giving up. The guy makes like $30 million a year, Cam, 40 a year. He's like exactly. one of the biggest stars in the world. He's going to what? He's going to kick field goals for the Jets like Tony, uh, you know, what was it, Tony <laughs> Miola? <laughs> you remember Tony Miola? <laughs> yeah. I sort of got shout out to Riggs. I see Riggs in our chat here. It's like uh, I never heard the name. I've never heard the two words so often as I heard in Atlantic City, Cam, this past weekend. Yo, Tommy. At the sportsbook. <laughs> Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Atlantic City. Cam, I swear to God, man. Every, like, every ticket taker, Tommy. Ticket Tommy. taker's name. What's up, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of Tommies in Philly. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Heart now on uh, YouTube, and um, it's nice to see Twitter actually arguing and debating something besides uh, politics <laughs> for once. Um, and this is something I look forward to, uh, Lou, and uh, and uh, specifically Cam's opinion. Anytime we have a food issue, uh, we like to know what yes. uh, the raging redhead Cam Stewart has to say uh, about this. But I'm amazed that no one's ever actually done this before. But uh, I see on Twitter right now hashtag Bagelgate is is trending uh, right now, and uh, basically somebody took a bunch of bagels and turned it into like sliced bread, like they sliced it into yeah. like slices. So they're essentially bagel slices, but it sort of looks like bread, but it's actually uh, bagels. And uh, some people are pretty offended by this and taken aback by this and saying you can't do that. But I don't, I really don't see a problem uh, with this. Um, seems like there's worse things to get uh, upset about <laughs> than yeah, sliced bagels, but seems yeah. like people are upset about it. What do you think, Ken? Yeah, I'm not a real fan. I I, I prefer my bagel, bagel thick, and I know people in New York, uh, they'll have the argument, ooh, the, we have the best bagels, but I will just say this, not because we're friends. The water in Montreal, you will not get a more like beautiful, complete bagel that will actually fill you up. It's it's just so dense and delicious. Not, nobody beats Montreal for bagels. Nobody. People can talk their game. Man, 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 man. I've had them all, Marenzi. You know my old stomach. It's been through a lot of tours of duty, and it tells you Montreal bagels are the best. And they already have those things. They have them as chips where they slice up bagels. They're called bagel crisps and whatever. I'm not a real fan of uh, that thing. My, my mom eats them and stuff like that, but I'm more of a potato chip man. I like my bagels regular. Please don't slice them, but I'm not going to freak out about it. I'll tell you what. Well, I'll tell you what. Right now, Montreal bagels are better than New York bagels are. Way better. And I'm, way better. Uh, yeah, I'm just being honest. I, I'm in New York and I'm from Montreal, so I'm, I'm aware just of both the their bagels. And yeah, let's bring in Lou. 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 Uh, right now, Gamblue.com. What's up, Lou? Not too much, gentlemen. Uh, here's what I will say about the bagels. Uh, you know, and, uh, really. It's a it's a delicious food, but you got to go where the origination is. And so, it, I mean, to me, it, are there Jews in Montreal? Because if Montreal's a bunch of Frenchmen, bafangul on those goddamn bagels. What I'm telling you is, you got to go find where Jewish people are, and where Jewish people are, that's where you're going to find your best bagels. And that's what I got to say. No, it's, it's true. The thing. It's true, but that's Montreal, the thing. But Montreal area. We brought this up last week. Yeah, we brought the, we brought this up last week, in which you wouldn't think, Lou, that um, 
And are you, are you on a speakerphone, Lou? Because it sound, sounds a little speakerphone-ish. <laughs> Hello, Lou? Lou? Oh, uh, we're gonna okay. we're gonna reestablish connection. Oh, there there you oh, are. Hold Lou. on. Yeah, we don't Lou, have a great Lou. we don't have a great connection with you, Lou. But we were saying last week, St. Patrick's Day parade in Montreal, one of the best ones in North America. You wouldn't think about it because people think of uh, of Montreal being a, a French city. Yet um, I'm gonna get to how many Jewish people in Montreal, dude. There's a ton of Jewish people in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. There's a massive Jewish community. In fact. I think there might be more Jewish people in Montreal than there is in New York. Like uh, it's it's one in two. It's 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 one in two basically. Like in North America. Like yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a very biggest uh, here. It is Montreal Jewish community, one of the oldest and most populous in the country. Formerly first, now second to Toronto. All right, a hundred thousand, hundred thousand Jews in Montreal. It's quite a lot. A lot. So yeah, there's Toronto's three, back too. Yeah. Three million so people. Yeah, Toronto, a lot of yeah. Jewish people. There's a lot of Jewish people in Canada, Lou. Like uh, Orthodox, so, old school. <laughs> yeah. So if that's the if that's the case, I got one more thing to say. How soon can I get there to try those bagels? Because I bet they're good. Well, come on, oh, Lou. They're real good. Listen, here, here it is, right here. Jewish culinary contributions have been a source of pride for Montrealers. Two contributions. It's distinctive style of bagels, and basically the style of bagel in Montreal is a, a Polish Jew style of bagel. Uh, we've been down this road before, but come on, Lou. Smoke meat. Schwartz's. I mean, people uh, and, and pe- people people wait in line for that stuff. Jim Rome did an hour show on, on Schwartz's once about how good it was. I, I personally, yeah. I'm not down with smoked but it's a big thing. Cam, you know the smoked meat scene in Montreal. Oh, do I ever. I have pillaged so much smoked meat in Montreal, Gabe. When they see me when I was doing the Montreal Canadiens playoff series, I got to be a friend of – actually, there's a place that's better than Schwartz's. It's more old school where the gangsters used to go. Schwartz's is kind of – it's it's the institution, but I found a place a little bit off the beaten path that was even better. And I'll tell you this, it's so good. When I go to Costco, now they have the shmo- they have the, the smoked meat in the box. All you do is you put it – it's already in a bag. You boil it in water. A little boom, you put it on your bread with a little mustard, giddy up. It's on, Marenzi. I love it all. Love smoked meat. All right. Uh, so we, like, we've established. It sounds like if I get to Montreal, I'm going to have both you guys in tow because I'm hungry as a dog right now, and those <laughs> that all sounds great. And and I do love bagels, so i got to try a Montreal bagel now. Yeah, this goes back. You know what it is? It's, um, you know, much, Montreal – Lou, think of Montreal as sort of like like New York. The same thing. Like and, and Toronto, very similar too. Like there's Portuguese, Italian. Like there's more Italians in Toronto like than anywhere else besides like Milan or like Italy type of deal. Like in Toronto, there's literally like a million Italians. Like it's I'm not even exaggerating. Like there's there's little a, Portugal, a, little Italy? A very, yeah, yeah, communities. Well, Portugal. I was in Portugal, guys, and it was pretty cool. I was drinking, I was partying, and I'm, I'm on this sort of, um, I'm on this beach, and uh, I'm on this standing on this rock type thing, and Buddy tells me, he goes, you know, if you go straight, you go straight on the other side here, like if you got in a boat, basically, like what's on the other side? Nova Scotia. 
Yeah, that's great. <laughs> he said, yeah, if you got in a boat and you went straight, you'd end up in Nova Scotia, Canada. Nova Scotia. It'd take you a while. It'd take you a while, but that's where you'd end up. And basically all the Portuguese people that moved to North America from, from Portugal, they're all in. They're all right down the street from me. They're all either in Newark, New Jersey, or Montreal, or Toronto. It's like they're all like True. that. You know, you basically pick pick your spot. But uh, but nevertheless, we have a tendency of making people hungry on this show, talking about food. We sure do. Uh, all the I time. I love it. We were talking about ballpark foods earlier, Lou. Do you crush like the? Uh, do you what do you, what do you eat at a ballpark? Like we were going over all the new ballpark foods. Like do you go for like the big ribs. You get a hot dog. What do you do at a, at a baseball game when you go to your D-back games, those Wednesday afternoon games that you love? You know, it, it, it's, it's great that you ask. When, when we do, in fact, we went to a warm-up yesterday. It was the last preseason or, you know, it was the last preseason game, and it was at the uh, at the main stadium, whatever the hell they call it, the Bob I used to. It's Chase Field, I guess. So uh, we went to warm up. And uh, normally what we do is we got a, a, a pack of about anywhere from four to eight of us, and we meet just about a block away from the ballpark at a place called the TP that has killer Mexican food and plenty of tequila and margaritas. And we get lathered up there. Uh, in the 20 years we've been going to these games, we've never made the first pitch, and I don't think we've <laughs> ever stayed. It, I don't think we've ever stayed past the six and a half innings. So we get there late. And we leave early. We just, you know, we wash in because we're half in the bag when we get there. But to answer your question, we eat at the Mexican place. But if I were to eat at the stadium, they have a thing called a diamond dog that's about the size of my forearm. And they have uh, in the club (laughs) level, they have a salsa. They have a salsa bar. So there's like. 12 different kinds of salsas that you can put on your cheese dog and and I bathe in that stuff and that's what I would eat. Uh, I like that cab. It's like the Simpsons where they're, they're moving to uh, they're moving the song? isotopes. Hear this song, Gabe? My mom dated this guy. Ride a painted pony. Let this be. David Clayton Thomas did hard time. Hit the My mom dated him. Yeah, it's true. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Gabe got decisions right. He creates our radio, Fantasy Sports, our radio network, iHeart, YouTube. I'm Gabriel Frenzy. Going to down with Cam Stewart, Lou Gamblu uh, joining us. I know uh, Bob is on hold. Uh, no doubt wants to comment uh, on on the bagels. But um, uh, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to the phone lines after, guys. We appreciate you calling in. But uh, we got some guests right now. We have former NFL referee, actually, Jim uh, Diopolis going to uh, join us at uh, 540. He was on the morning show with us. We'll replay the conversation we had with him. Uh, he was. He spent 12 years, 11 years as a referee. He was 12 years the head of, uh, he's a supervisor of, uh, of officiating. So it was good to get his take uh, on, um, 
on some of these uh, rule changes and potential rule changes uh, from the perspective of a referee in a National Football League. And the guy was cool, too. He was funny. Uh, speaking of cool and funny, we're with Lou right now. So let's get down to business, Lou. We'll just keep it for this next segment uh, here. UFC, speaking of, I was in Atlantic City and um, was a lot of, a lot of Philly uh, types there. UFC goes to Philadelphia. We got Barbosa and Justin Gaethje uh, this week. Man, it should be a pretty violent fight. One thing about these two fighters, Lou, I mean, I know it's cliche. They throw it out there all the time. All oh, these guys have bad intentions and stuff, but no. <laughs> both these guys both basically stand in phone booths, and both these guys, you know, power, a lot of bone, bony elbows, powerful punches. Somebody's getting split open, Lou. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and really, when I look at these two guys, uh, I, I see, you know, Gaethje, who is power, will, and unrelenting forward pressure. And uh, Barboza, I, I, I see, is a little bit more refined, a precise striker, uh, maybe not as powerful, but the precision and the accumulation mean a lot uh, in in the past, uh, you know, fighters, when Gaethje gets to top five UFC, he falters, and that's Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier, and he faltered poorly. Uh, when yep. Barbosa gets bullied by wrestlers, he doesn't do well. Gaethje is a wrestler at heart. However, his IQ is so incredibly low because and I don't want to I, I don't want to make the guy out he's not a dummy okay he does not want to wrestle he wants to put on a show and if he he's made a conscious decision a conscious decision to be entertaining to exactly yeah, yeah yeah but in this fight that's that's going to be a conscious decision in my opinion to get pieced up by a more complete fighter that has more ways to win. Uh, I saw a little snippet on Twitter of Gaethje interview, and he basically says, listen, hey, Barboza, is, he's clean and he's cute, but he doesn't want to get dirty, and Gaethje wants to get him dirty and bully him and smash him against the fence. I get all that, but without any wrestling, if he just wants to put on a show, I, I think he's in trouble. I don't like the beatings he took to Poirier and Alvarez. And even though he came back against James Vick, let's not forget, if you sneeze in James Vick's direction, he goes out. He's just a long, tall drink of nothing. So uh, I look at the end of the day at two really evenly matched fighters. But for me, I must take the mixed martial artist over the brawler. And that's how I see this fight. That's uh, that's me, Lou. I'm a big, big tall, uh, big drink of drink of water, big drink, big, uh, big drink of vodka, big drink big of vodka and orange juice. You're a big tall drink of Sierra Mist, Marenzi. Actually, I have a two liter of Sierra Mist in, in, in the fridge right now. Refreshing, uh, refreshing. Good. Uh, Sierra Mist, asshole. Uh, Carolina Kowalkowicz, she got knocked the f out, Lou, um, in, in her last fight. How do you think she responds against the karate hottie uh, here in Michelle Michelle Watterson, who lost uh, you know lost a couple of fights in the UFC, but has gotten back on track? Beat Courtney Casey, beat Felice Herrig, now uh, Kolakowicz and uh, Kolakowicz, or and uh, Michelle Watterson uh, here. Lou, what's your take on that fight? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I, I have a strong take on the fight. Andrade is really a vicious fighter for women. Uh, I don't see Watterson as having the power or the feist as Andrade. If anything, I would tell you that I, I'm confident that this thing goes the distance. And it's just a typical, you know, women's, you know, atom weight or whatever 115 pounds is. Uh, the fight doesn't interest me much. I'm sorry I don't have, you know, strong opinions. Lou's, uh, you know what, Lou, you don't, um, you're not you're not big on the women's. I'm not saying you're anti-women's fights, but when it comes to, no. like, putting big money on them and stuff, like, you know, have you, does it, does it seem like, you know, you stay away from these fights more because you find them a little bit more unpredictable? No, I find them more predictable and that they all go to decision. So, you know, I, I want to get, and because the women's divisions are so thin with talent, I don't want to have to get caught, you know, betting on uh, the eighth ranked against the 11th ranked in the women's bantamweight division. I think my money can be, be, be spent better with fighters that have more history more analytics to look at and fighters I've watched more than some of the ladies. I'm not afraid to take ladies. It's just, I don't see that, that I often get a ton of value and I try and go where I can get an advantage some way or another. Well, you're right. It is predictable. The women in the sense that they, a lot of them do go over. You got to lay like minus 250 and 300 and stuff to get to the overs over two and a halves. But, you know, I've kidded before. My success with women in MMA is like success with women in real life, not good. In which, you know, title fights, there's been a lot of knockouts, man. Remember, basically in the, in the UFC before, it used to be a woman would win, she'd become the champion, and she'd get killed in the next fight. And Carolina has been one of the tougher. She has one of the tougher chins, man. She's taken a beating over the years and, and gotten through it. She fought uh, Shevchenko. It was a great fight uh, before. And um, she got through it, but she got tagged here. I agree. I think it all depends on what's what she like right now. Is she gun shy after getting murdered like that in the last fight? Sometimes fighters are, but I, I'm liking Carolina uh, in this fight. Uh, what else on this card? Uh, anything else on this card catch your eye, Lou? Yeah, speaking of someone that got knocked out pretty bad last out, if you go to Josh Emmett and Mike Johnson. Uh, Gabriel, it's a little bit of the same thing, although I think I got a little better feel on this fight than I do the ladies that you just uh, spoke of. You know, when I look at Michael Johnson, I, I see a guy that, you know, when the going gets rough, uh, it, it, it gets it gets hard on him. I mean, you know, Darius and Nate Diaz beat him. Now he has a good win over Poirier, but uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, Gaethje, even Darren Elkins, they just they just grueled this guy to death. And what are all those guys? Well, they're really good wrestlers that can strike. Uh, now, Mike Johnson beats Andre Philly and Artem Lobov. To me, those are bottom, those are ranked 20 to 30 guys. And so I'm not as impressed of Johnson's body of work, to be quite honest with you lately. And yet, when you want to start to talk about Josh Emmett, you have to talk about him getting his face caved in by Jeremy Stevens last out. So the, the question becomes the same one you posed to me. You know, what kind of mental condition is he going to be in? And to me, I, can, I think I can set my watch on this guy. This guy was doing well, and he got, he got iced. 
I'm not worried about how he's coming back. I think it's a really, really good spot for just a very, very complete wrestler with dynamic power. He's got some BJJ. I think he's better than Michael Johnson everywhere except quickness. Uh, And I think legitimately without what happened to Emmett against Stevens last out, Emmett comes minus 130 or minus 140 in this fight. So I think you're getting a real good bargain on Josh Emmett. And I would draw listeners' attention to him at close to pick him right now. That's a straight pick. Ten cents either way, Lou. Yeah, you I see the fights a, in I front of you, Cam? Yeah, I got, yeah. What, what do you need, Marenzi? I figured I'd give you a crack at the guy's last name. Uh, your first name, Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taking off Paul Craig. Zekuwu? Zekuku? <laughs> Nobody's going to uh, correct Zech- you. And Zechuku? And Zechuku? And Zechuku? <laughs> I know who I like, Paul Craig. <laughs> <laughs> but I Luke, prefer you ask this, me to say, this, Paul Craig. <laughs> this, this Kennedy guy oh, and Zeku. You know what? Maybe we'll just we'll uh, we'll push off the the NFL that, ref here. Well, because we're going to go to a break in a second. We'll keep Lou here, but uh, yeah, this guy's a big favorite. Like, there's a couple of like older fighters on the card. Ross Pearson, another big underdog on this card, Lou. But what, what do you know anything yeah. about this new uh, this this uh, Kennedy guy? He's a big big yeah, favorite he here. From, uh, he, he is, and I don't know that he really should be, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean he's. He, he, he's untested, and this guy Paul Craig's fighting for his life in the UFC, and he's a pretty savvy submission guy. Now, if Kennedy's really tall, and he's got some physical advantage uh, advantages, but I, I really haven't seen him. Gun to my head, I'm going with Craig here, but I do think there's a couple other angles on the card, absolutely. I'm looking here right now, and two fights ago, this uh, Kennedy guy, he fought a guy that uh, was, he's 0-1. It's his only fight of his career. Like you said, let's let's look at his record. He fought Judge Kavanaugh, Andre Kavanaugh. I like beer. Guy 7-14. 7-14. That's brutal. He fought, guy fought before yeah, that, 5-2. And... Like the best the best record he's fought was a guy that's like 5-2. Yeah, this guy's really kind of, looks like he's coming from the bar scene, Lou. He's kind of spot like fighters that are all in two. Real regional. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll stick it with Lou. You guys want to hear uh, MMA and some hockey talk anyways more than an NFL referee right now. So uh, we'll go with uh, LouGamblu.com right now. Quick break. We'll be right back. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Thanks, Yang. Great job today. Continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Well, your attention's focused on your college basketball brackets and the Sweet 16 NFL teams are focusing on the 2019 draft. 
And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start prepping for the 2019 season. Roto Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you the edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Back to you, Gabe. Let's rock. We're in conversation with Lou. Gamblu.com is Lou's uh, website. You can follow Lou on Twitter at uh, Gamblu. So we're talking about uh, UFC on ESPN uh, from, uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, this weekend, talked about the main event, Edson Barbosa. Uh, Lou talked about Josh Emmett, like a Josh Emmett here. Uh, Josh Emmett and uh, Michael Johnson. We briefly discussed Carolina Kowakowicz and uh, Michelle Watterson. I'm liking Carolina in that fight. There's no totals yet. We're wondering why this Kennedy Njukwu guy is uh, minus 200 when he hasn't fought anybody against the Scott and, uh, and Paul Craig. Uh, Desmond Green, big favorite against Ross Pearson. Um, what else? Uh, what else do you want to talk about on this one uh, here, Lou? What else catches your yeah, eye? Yeah, thank, thank you, Gabriel. I do. I do think uh, just to touch quickly on the Kennedy fight against Paul Craig. I think this is a case where they've seen Craig, and because he's such a pure submission guy and has absolutely no striking ability, they're fading Craig, and I think it's a mistake. But the fight right before that, uh, I, I think I need to turn your attention again. Gabriel, it's a similar situation where we have this Sodiq Yusuf uh, is fighting uh, the guy Shimon Morris. And quite honestly, this fight opens close to pick and the actions come in on the uh, Dana White contender series fighter. And quite honestly, I, I think that's a mistake. Uh, he, he, the guy he beat is, is really bottom basement journeyman. And he comes in with very little experience against a pretty salty Brazilian who's been in there with the likes of Marlon Morris, who he took a who he took a loss to. However, he beats Robbie Peralta in the World Series of Fighting. Luis Palomino got submitted by uh, Magomed Shapirov, who's a top three fighter in the division. Comes back and wins his last two. Goes to New York to fight Julio Arce in New York and beats Arce in New York. This Shaman Morris is a complete and total fighter. Yusuf, just a power striker. I think the line has moved in the wrong direction here. And I like Shaman Morris, plus 125, plus 120, depending on where you shop. Be real quiet. Be real patient, and let's go to the end of the week and see if you can get another dime on this guy. But I think he's a very, very live underdog. I like that, Cam. Be real quiet. Yeah, be real quiet. That's the problem, Renzi. When we talk too loud, sometimes uh, then we go to check the lines. They've moved, usually in the direction we don't want them to go in. I like that. Well, don't tell say- anyone. It's a secret. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and I say that tongue in cheek because I want, you know, I, I'm saying that, you know, right now the price on him is acceptable. Uh, I got no problem if you take a stab at him now. I don't think uh, my moves or, or our moves are going to move this line much. 
but I I will be prone. I like it 125, but I like it better 135. So I will be prone to just kind of sit and see where this one goes. But I don't agree with the uh, money coming in on the less experienced man. Lou Gablu dot com uh, with us. Uh, all right, uh, Lou. So let's take a look uh, at the NHL. Um, I guess basically, I know you already have kids, uh, Lou. But I guess you feel now that you have a big future on Tampa Bay, that um, you have children that are playing every couple of nights in the National Hockey League now. When you bet a future, I guess at this point, it's like you just you, you just hope they get through every game, right? That's just what you're looking for now with the playoffs around the corner. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even regarding the future. I, I'm really looking more, quite honestly, at the races. Um, and then as soon as we get, I will not, the last game of the season, uh, unless it's, uh, you know, like a Colorado against the North Stars and each team has to have it, I'll, I'll probably not use the last game of the season uh, in the data that I prepare for my playoffs uh, because, you know, it depends who's resting who, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm really looking at those playoff races as I've said on this show a couple times now, I'm really high on the Coyotes. Um, they don't play a brand of hockey that suits itself to three-on-three overtime and shootouts, no. But they play a really good brand of hockey when it comes to playoff time. They had a huge win against Chicago last night. They're right now tied with Colorado on the outside looking in. Uh, or is Or are they tied with Minnesota? They're tied with somebody on the outside looking in. Uh, but but I don't think they're done yet. Um, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, the, the Yotes, yeah, it is. It's Colorado. And Colorado, you know, both teams have fair schedules coming up. Uh, I'm just hoping I can get Arizona in there. I do see some live dogs as I start to project as to who's going to play who in these playoffs. It's going to be totally exciting. It's going to be really outstanding hockey. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, I am impressed at how formidable Tampa Bay has remained after they've won the President's Cup. Uh, And while I'm happy to say that, the next thing you say as somebody holding a ticket in their regard would be, you know, let's hope they don't overheat too soon, because there's no question in my mind a New York Islanders or a Boston Bruins is going to give Tampa Bay all they want in a six or seven game series. There's no question in my mind. And you saw the last game there, guys. Boston was beating them, Gabe. Remember that? Four to two. That's how good Tampa is. They went four, three, four, four, five, four. They scored three quick goals at home to win that game. And I'm like, God, these guys like Boston had a lead in their barn and they come back and do that. But I will say this, Lou and Gabe, I think Tampa Bay down the stretch, they need to keep Kucherov healthy, Stamkos healthy, make sure Vasilevsky's okay, and they're still going to be heavily favored. Uh, we could fade them at the end of the regular season because they've locked up everything, and you're not going to get the, unless they can get the total points record, Lou, but in the playoffs, that's a whole different story. Then we jump back on the train because they understand how important uh, a piece like Kucherov is to their Stanley Cup run. I, I completely agree with all of that, Cam. Every time we speak hockey, I, be, I begin to trust your opinion more and more because of your simple depth <laughs> of knowledge. You, you study it, you're passionate about it, and I love it. It comes through, and it's going to be an unbelievable playoffs to see who can challenge Tampa in the East and what's going to happen in the wild, wild west. I say You wouldn't say that if you saw his bank account. <laughs> <laughs> 
Actually, I did. Hey, we were we were good last night. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. No, hey, Lou, I, I was actually going to say, uh, we've been talking about Columbus, Gabe. They've won their last two games uh, uh, with a combined score of 10, giving up no goals. Have they finally got they're over battling that? I still with don't the think Canadians, they're I know they are. If they get in, I think they're going to be scary. I don't think they could beat Tampa Bay, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if they're starting to click now with those guys, uh, I wouldn't sleep on them, Renzi. Like, they dummied the Islanders last night. They look pretty good. They're, they're, they're playing well, better defensive good. hockey, and they're scoring now. Montreal would I, Montreal would be the ones to play Tampa Bay right now if they get in. Yeah. And pretty it's you know, I was looking here, Tampa Bay have beaten them all three times that they played this year. And as Lou True. mentioned, you know, if you're if you're gonna beat Tampa Bay, like Boston to me is the biggest threat to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or I should say, yeah. you know, the Washington Capitals, you can't discount yeah. Ovechkin and, exactly. and company. Yeah. And you can never discount Pittsburgh, but I'd say i I think people might be sleeping on the Capitals a little bit, but I'm just stating for Tampa's standpoint, I think you'd rather get the Canadians in the first round than Columbus. You know, Columbus can oh, cause sure. you problems. Montreal mm-hmm. sort of play like, you know, the style of play, Tampa will just, you know, Montreal's not an overly physical hockey team. They sort of want to play the same style that Tampa does, except Tampa do it a hell of a lot better. So it would be interesting to see how that plays out. But Carey Price can always steal a series, right? But... I think Tampa would comfortably beat the Montreal Canadiens in the first round. And, and you guys speak yeah. of Columbus. I, I have a mental block with Columbus uh, because, in my opinion, Torts, their coach, simply grips too hard for that team to have any kind of long-term playoff success. I, I hope they do not get in. As opposed to a team in Carolina that I think there's something special going on down there. And I think that's the team that could catch lightning in the bottle in the playoffs. Uh, and, and that's a team that I'm watching with great interest. I agree. I think Carolina, we're it's seeing. a very good call. Their goaltending. Yeah, the, the, the problem is, though, you're rolling out a backup in McElhaney. He used to be like the Leafs' second and third string goalie. And Mazarek has been uh, very disappointing since he's ever been in the league. But other than that, they have defensemen who can score, Gabe. And you know they're pretty deep. they got some really good players, Aho. Uh, Williams, they have good veterans and young guys. Carolina's scary. If they get any type of goaltending, watch out. Yeah, but you know what a big problem for them and pretty much everybody besides Tampa that doesn't have to be worried about teams for the most part. And I'm looking and speaking about the Eastern Conference, Carolina have had a hell of a year. Congratulations. You played the Washington Capitals uh, in the first round. You know, New York Islanders, yeah, hell of a year. Good for you. You get the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in the first round. And I don't have to tell you, Cam, about, look, the Toronto Maple Leafs. These guys are 20 games over 500, and somehow you got to play the Boston Bruins in the first round. It's ridiculous. <laughs> We've been down this road before. I, I know I've said it, that the, the playoff That's format right, right. is ridiculously stupid in the NHL, but it's just wrong. When you have three of the top five teams overall in the NHL that are mathematically going to be eliminated by the second round, you got a freaking problem, man. It's just it not does. right. It's not it, right. You're absolutely correct. They have to change yeah, it. It's know. disgusting. What's the point of the regular season then if you're going to have a, a, a format like this? It's nuts. Yeah, and, and, and guys, in all due respect, I, I get your point there. Um, I, I To me, it, it doesn't matter. If you're good, you're going to have to get through other good teams at the end anyway. I don't worry about rankings. These are the rules that they dealt us, you know. So I'm picking up the cards and I'm playing them the way I got to. 
but I think it, it creates interesting matchups because I think Boston is most susceptible in the first round against Toronto, a team they've seen in playoffs before. If Boston can get by Toronto, then I think Tampa has eventually a hard time dealing with Boston. This thing's all about matchups. Meanwhile, the most giddy hockey team in the East is your Pittsburgh Penguins, who nobody's talking about. And Gabriel said, I think people might be sleeping on Pittsburgh. I guarantee you we all are. Because if that team gets in there with a semblance of health, if Latang uh, recovers healthily and they get Malkin back, uh, you know, Murray's had an off year. He's a young kid. He, if he shows up and they catch lightning in Streaky. a bottle, look out for them. Streaky. I think they'll beat the New York good, Islanders. Yeah, I agree I think with they that. Would beat I, the the Islanders Islanders. have been a good story, They've been, but they're not as good as Pittsburgh. Listen, I get it, Lou. I'm of the same belief in a sense that, listen, you got to play who's in the league. You know what I mean? When people talk about, ooh, whose schedule is tougher. Uh, in, the, in the NFL, I'm usually... I'm like, who cares, man? You're playing the teams in the NFL, all right? Like, that's the, that's the strength of schedule, the other teams in the NFL. <laughs> but when it comes to this, it's basically like the college tournament taking a one seed that, hey, good for you, you're 30-2 and two on the year, but we're going to make life easier for, for the 10 seed. You know, and it's you know it seems like this is what Gary Bettman has deliberately done. Number one, he creates interesting playoff matchups for the first round that guarantees interest to start the playoffs, which I get. But number two, it guarantees a lesser tier Cinderella team moving forward because the best teams have already played each other. LouGamblu.com. Always a pleasure, Lou. Love you, Lou. Good luck to everyone. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Level two, winding account. Strong stuff. Great job by Yang uh, this afternoon. The music's been strong. Courtesy of uh, Mark Lawrence's uh, playbook. Here's a, a sweet 16 incredible stat. Number 12 seeds, i.e. the uh, Oregon Ducks, are 0-19 straight up. And 7-12 and against the spread all time when playing a one seed. This goes back to uh, 1991, so that'll make you feel a little bit better, Cam, as far as your uh, Virginia Cavalier future uh, is concerned. And uh, I went to the book earlier today, and uh, I already played it. I don't know how, how close we can get this uh, here. Might be a little too dark uh, to see. Uh, 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 too far. Why don't you just uh, tell me got what's on the ticket? Yeah, all right, I will. Uh, <laughs> Kramer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got is that you? Um, we've got Gonzaga on the money line, Virginia on the money line, Michigan on the money line, and uh, fifty dollars pays one hundred and forty dollars and twenty five cents. And we did the exact same parlay with Gonzaga on the money line, Tennessee on the money line, Virginia on the money line, 
$50 pays $142. I was thinking about playing like a $100 parlay cam on Gonzaga, Michigan, and Virginia at the book. And normally I'd play more, but you know me. You know, as lifelong gamblers, you know, we bet what we got. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, if we've got a thousand bucks in our pocket, we'll bet the thousand dollars. If we have three hundred, we'll bet three hundred. You know, I went to the book today, and I, you know, I cashed some tickets, and I was like, wow, well, I can't really play as much as I want. Plus, I might go back, and I got money online, so we'll see what happens in the next twenty-four hours. But I was going to play like one parlay, and I decided, you know what? I think Tennessee's going to win this game, and I like Gonzaga to win the game in advance, but I don't want to worry about the point spread. I think that Virginia is probably going to cover. I, I think the Ducks are probably going to run out of gas, and and Virginia will wear them out. And and then Tennessee, so. it's a toss-up, but I think Tennessee is going to beat Purdue, and I do like Michigan. I you know so whatever, man. I got Virginia and I got Gonzaga on two money line parlays here. One ticket's got Michigan, the other one's got Tennessee. I got more here too, but we'll show you on the other side. More. More bets, picks, picks coming up next.